0: This is CliffCentral.com.
1: Welcome to the Smart Money Podcast, a series of financial tips for different life stages. Get your money right for your life. This podcast is brought to you by Discovery and I am Maya Fisher French and each week we chat to a money expert to find the answers to those pressing financial questions. Now, a few years ago, I was sitting on a plane next to a guy in his, about his late thirties and he told me a bit about his life story which is usually what happens when you get stuck in a tin can miles above the earth. But his was a classic get rich, young and blow the fortune story. So he had started a very successful tech business, which he sold at the age of 28. And he went on to spend money on cars, entertainment and reckless business ventures. But basically, by his early 30s, he had to start all over again. But what was quite interesting is he had this sort of philosophical view. He believed that he had learned valuable lessons and he was now more mature and ready to make the right decisions. And I gathered from the conversation that he was already on his way to new success. But this time, he was very much focused on longevity and not instant wealth. So today, I wanted to chat to Grand Curry, Certified Financial Planner, about the pitfalls of getting a lot of money, whether that's inherited or earned, when you're young and you still perhaps to learn some of those Tougher life lessons. Welcome, Grant.
0: Thanks for having me, Maya. Thank you.
1: Did that story resonate with you? Is that something that you that you come across in your in your uh, practice quite often?
0: Absolutely. And I think it all starts with getting the right advice. If you're suffering with a heart complication, are you potentially going to go to the pharmacy and ask for some over the counter medication, or perhaps you're going to go to your GP? My guess is you're going to bypass the GP and excuse the pun, and go mm-hmm. straight to. A cardiac surgeon.
1: For the bypass. For the <laughs> bypass.
0: The same applies to financial mm. planning. At the end of the day, different advisors have different qualifications. And one of the highest qualifications you can obtain in our industry is a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I would strongly advise all of your your listeners to seek advice from a certified financial planner, especially if you, you know your needs are complex. Mm. Mm. S- someone that uh, holds a CFP generally has to uh, uphold certain values which are similar to those of a lawyer and an accountant so to me you know it, it all starts with getting the right
1: advice just getting somebody to remind you about what this money needs to do for you because what i find quite often is that when somebody gets a lump sum of money they don't always understand what That translates to in terms of income. So you're 25 years old and you inherit 5 million and you think, wow, that's amazing. I've won the lottery. But in reality, if you actually do the maths, that's maybe 20,000 rand per month. Um, it's not going to sustain the lifestyle that you've now imagined in your head, the cars and the fast, the entertainment and all the rest that this, this young man had got involved in. So, so is, you know, how again do you, you know, getting the right advice? how, How do you talk to people about understanding that 5 million actually when you're young, it's not a lot of money.
0: Absolutely, and it's a big mistake a lot of people make. Um, as you mentioned, your, your numbers are pretty much spot on. If you factor tax into account and someone is living off that capital, it doesn't last very long and they tend to erode it and it eventually diminishes to nothing. So I think the advice is very, very important to actually sit down with the individual, especially when they're younger, and try and guide them to show them exactly how it could impact their lives, obviously later on, and obviously the compound, um, the compound effect of, of keeping your funds invested mm. for a thirty or forty year period versus drawing down income over a five or six year period, at the end of the day, to sustain you know a lifestyle that potentially is not um, is not achievable.
1: Mm, mm. And I think that's it. Understanding cash flow. I mean, really, people don't always understand cash flow. And, you know, we've been talking up till now about that windfall scenario. You know, you get the five million at a young age, but you also get the high income earning. You've got somebody who's well qualified by the age of 30, they're probably earning a million a year, but they're spending one and a half million a year. And I always think, you know, financial freedom or obtaining financial freedom is not so much what you earn. It's what you're spending. And I mean, do you find that a lot in uh, as well that, that the more you earn, the more you spend?
0: Maya, that's a a fantastic question, and it's it makes one think, when last did they do a budget? Mm. I come across so many people and clients that I've taken on that have never done a budget. And it starts, financial planning starts with understanding what are your earnings and what are your expenses. And it is so scary to sit with people that don't know the reality of what's going on in their bank account. And often I'll sit with people earning 100, 150,000 Rand a month and the expenses are 110 or 170,000 Rand a month respectively. So they're actually earning or they're actually spending more than they're earning. But they, they don't
1: realize that they don't they're, realize using it. Cards, the they're using credit cards, they're using overdrafts. the problem they don't overdrafts. realize it
0: is when they get their bonuses, if they mm. work in a corporate, mm. that bonus comes in and it generally settles overdrafts, school fees and other bits mm. and pieces that mm. they've put on the back burner and they're in the same position again. And they never, ever moving forward because they are spending more than they're earning. And a lot of them don't realize it.
1: You know, I'm, this reminded me of in 2008, you know, the financial industry, uh, you know, a lot of the, this banking world and that live a lot for bonuses. There's a lot of bonuses that come along. And those bonuses paid the private school fees. And then 2008 came and no bonuses happened. And people suddenly woke up. To that realization that they didn't have money to pay their kids' school fees, they didn't have money to settle a credit card because it was always paid by the bonus. So I mean, I think what you're saying is is very true. Yeah. Um, a very very and so so now you you get that young person sitting in front of you, well not so young anymore. Now they may be in their early thirties, but they've blown kind of five years of opportunity. Um, and what that means in terms of catching up. Mm.
0: So personally, I mean, I wish I started at the tender age of 22 or 23, and you know, unfortunately. I'm in the the pool that didn't. And, you know, when I look at my own financial plan, if I had started at the age of 22 Mm. with my retirement structure, oh, my my numbers would be looking vastly different. But what it does allow me to do is it does allow me to communicate that to clients Mm. and sit down and say, at the end of the day, I know you don't see it as a priority now when you're 22 or 23. And I can have that conversation with their parents, maybe clients of mine, and instill that discipline that they can also reinforce it to start planning You know, when you are starting your working career and it makes all the difference later on in life. I look after uh, a quite a mature client base and it is scary how many of my clients are not in a space to retire comfortably. And I think that goes for the bulk of advisors. You know, people in general... Um, They may have a good couple of million, tens, twenties of million, but at the end of the day, when you've got to revert that back into income, Mm. they generally shortfalls on someone's portfolio. And it's sad because you walk in this road with them and you potentially know that they're going to run short or they may not be able to maintain their current standard of living that they've enjoyed for the last 10 or 20 years.
1: I think it must be so hard when you're 25 to think that one day you're going to get to 65 and you're still going to want to have a good life. It's sort of like, well, I'll spend it all now, I'll have the good life now, because really, what does a 65 year old need money for? But, you know, you get to 65, and, and I think it must be so hard to suddenly realize that you're going to have to cut all of that, all that hard work you've done, all that effort you've put into your life, and you're not living the lifestyle that, that, that you hoped for.
0: Mm, absolutely. And I think also changes in. Um, And and enhancements in the medical industry are allowing us to Mm. live longer so that adds more complexities in terms of someone retiring at Mm. 65 and potentially now living to 100 where we would normally cater for 20 years, 25 years Mm. in terms of retirement income and providing sufficient um, uh, funds. Now you may need to change those, those numbers and, and run for 35 or 40 years if, if someone's going to live to 100 or beyond. And, uh, you know, the, the burden sits with us as advisors and with the clients to actually sit and assess these, uh, on an individual basis. And you obviously potentially need to either push out retirement age. Or, you know, try and put so away a bit more.
1: I've got a question for you, Grant. Go back to that twenty-two year old self. If you'd sat in front of you, like an advisor who, who kind of could give you some thought provoking ideas about their future, do you mm-hmm. think you would have changed your behavior? And the other part of my question is, have you come across clients where you have been able to change their behavior? Or is it just no matter what you hear, when you're that age, you know, you're not interested?
0: Absolutely. So look, I mean, you know, people are living for instant gratification. Someone earns ten thousand Rand in the month, they want to spend their ten thousand rand a month, especially someone of the ages between twenty two and thirty. Um, generally what they tend to do is live for the now and you know, I think that's just the times we live in. I believe if I sit in front of someone that came highly recommended and someone that I trusted and they said to me, You gotta take ten or fifteen percent of your salary, mm. of your gross salary. So it's very different between your net and your gross so of your gross salary and start cutting that up. Into short term, medium term and long term savings for the various goals you want to put in place Mm. for yourself. Whether Mm. it's to buy property in the next couple of years, whether it's to potentially invest in a business in the next 10 years and long term, obviously, for retirement. And I believe that people build habits. If you're used to spending 10,000 Rand a month Because you're earning 10,000 Rand a month If I give you 20,000 Rand a month You're going to want To spend 20 100 200 Absolutely So it's all relative So Mm. I believe it boils down To discipline And if you can pull The reins in And instill that discipline Mm. Within oneself To say Let me try and live Within my means Put a component away For my future And my family's future Mm. Life becomes a lot easier
1: Mm. Grant, thank you and I hope listeners that what you've realized that you need to learn from other people's lessons before you make your own mistakes and make those rands work for you even earlier. Join us for more of these conversations on smart money brought to you by Discovery. Get your money right for your life.
0: This is CliffCentral.com